0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you and enjoy. Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 through 54. And it says this, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. Everybody say darkness. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani," which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood there, when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and he put it on a reed and offered it to him, Jesus, to drink. And the rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and he yielded up his spirit. And then behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. It was torn in two. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. Everybody say the earth quaked. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints, watch this, many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion, the Roman soldier, and those with him, as they were guarding Jesus, they saw the earthquake and the things which had happened. And they feared greatly saying, truly, this is the son of God. I can't imagine how the disciples were feeling at that moment. For three and a half years, they served Jesus. They walked alongside him. They saw him do creative miracles. I mean, he laid hands on the sick. He didn't run from them. He ran up to lepers and embraced them and healed them from their leprosy. The Bible says that he raised the dead. The deaf heard when Jesus laid hands on them. You gave him five loaves and two fish and he's trying to feed a huge family. He'd multiply it and he fed 5,000 peoples with just five loaves and two fish. We're talking about a miracle working God. And the disciples, those 12 disciples had a front row seat of Jesus' miracle working power. And so I can't imagine how disheartened they feel as their savior, the one who was supposed to overturn the Roman government, the one who was supposed to lead a trail and trailblaze this next great awakening. Now he stands up on the top of Golgotha with his hands pierced, his arms stretched wide and hung high and his feet pierced. They're looking at a savior and yet he cannot seemingly save himself. Imagine how the disciples felt In that hour. And in this portion of scripture, I want to highlight four specific things that I feel that not only relates to Jesus as he was being crucified in that moment, but I believe it relates to the hour that we're living in. And a lot of people feel that darkness is simply uh, interpreted as God not being with us. But can I tell you that that the biggest revival that would soon take place took soon it took place soon after Jesus Christ was crucified on that cross the Bible says that darkness covered the earth in that hour and I can't tell you how much as I look around in, in, in the streets, the empty streets and empty strip malls and I, I turn on the television, MSNBC and Fox News and all these other major new, news networks CNN, I can tell you right now friend that it seems to me that we are in an hour like Jesus was in in the disciples were facing where darkness was covering the earth and that's stated in verse 45 the bible says there was darkness over all the land everybody say darkness again there's no there's no question in my mind as to whether or not darkness is covering the land like it was in those days but can i tell you i can hear the sound of the abundance of rain and i can hear sunday morning approaching and that Friday night, it wasn't over. Even though Jesus was being crucified, even though there was darkness all over the land, can I tell you that it's just a matter of time before God breaks through and does his best work because he often does his best work in the dark and after a dark season in our lives. And I don't know what that darkness is in your life. Certainly it may be uncertainty. You know, what, what, what is the world coming to? That's a lot of the questions that we're asking today. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's your darkness's job uncertainty. Maybe you've recently lost a job or you don't know what's going to happen with your job. Maybe, maybe it's your health. Maybe, maybe you are afraid of this COVID-19. Maybe you are afraid because you have a weakened immune system. I don't know what that dark cloud looks like, but all of us have a dark cloud looming over our heads in one way or another. After just coming out of a season where it seemed that America had one of the strongest economies, almost overnight it has almost flatlined. And it goes to tell me that there has to be somebody and that is bigger and that is stronger and that has much more control to change this thing because if the winds don't change soon, we are in a heap of trouble. But can I tell you that in spite of excuse me, COVID-19, that has not moved God off of his throne. God is still on the throne. He still has a plan for your life. He still has a plan to stop this in His timing and on His schedule. God is going to show up. Don't allow the darkness that's looming over our heads to discourage us. We have to take our rightful stand as believers and believe that God is going to move on His timetable in His time. And I believe that when He shows up and He's going to show up, look at somebody say, He's going to show up. And when He shows up, He's going to flex His muscles and show Himself strong, stronger than He's ever shown before i love that scripture that says late in the midnight hour god's gonna turn it around the bible says that in, in when paul and silas were praying in prison when they were locked up and in prison it says that midnight this prison was shaken and that the prison doors opened, and they were set free and i begin to think about that and i was listening to a song recently by rita springer how many have ever heard rita springer and the song is about God moving at midnight. And here's the revelation she got. She, we often think that God always moves in the last hour, but midnight is actually not the last hour. Midnight is actually the first hour. He's actually not the God of the last hour. He's not the God of the last minute, although seemingly he moves at the last minute. He's the God of the first hour. Solution is always God's first thing on his mind. God has a solution for America. He has a solution for the world those disciples not only had this looming cloud over them physically but it was also uh, figuratively speaking and i want to talk about that a little bit this figurative cloud and jesus as i mentioned earlier this miracle working man who open the blind eyes who cleansed the lepers he healed the sick and he and he did all these great miracles he opened the deaf ears as i as i stated before he even calmed the winds and the storm with just two words he said be still And yet these 12 disciples stood there with this looming cloud over their hearts, certainly disheartened. What are we gonna do next? Maybe we should go back fishing. Maybe we got it wrong. Maybe he wasn't the God who was in the Old Testament who was to come. Maybe this was just some kind of a religious zealot who came to maybe stir people up for just a few years and then die and now our lives are over. Maybe we should just go back to what used to work. I'm certain that there was this looming cloud over their hearts but no doubt that it was also physically actually there was 11 disciples because the last one got so disheartened by the darkness that was over his life and looming over his life committed suicide can i tell you this covid19 is causing much more havoc than just sickness the suicide rates are through the roof domestic violence through the roof amen we got to stand up and begin to pray don't we church We have to pray like never before. we got to seek his face like never before. I love that scripture, and I've coined it the past several weeks. The Bible says, if my people, this is God talking when he says it, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Somebody say, humble yourself. Look at somebody and say, humble yourself. Humble yourself and pray. Turn from our wicked ways. Then he would hear from heaven, and he would turn and heal our land. But there was that prerequisite. We have to humble ourselves and pray. And I believe that if if, if the winds are going to change, if the tides are going to change in this hour, there's gonna have to be some intercession on the saints' part. I believe that the saints, more than ever, this rudder is in our hand to turn this thing. And I believe if we would stand up and we would pray and we would seek his face, this thing will turn in Jesus' name. Now, what's the revelation? Why did I say all that? Why was I so laborious in all of that? I was trying to simply lay the ground foundational work to to give you this one phrase. These three words. Darkness precedes revival. Darkness precedes revival. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And there was another great thing that I believe preceded this revival or what was happening in Jesus' hour when he was being crucified. The Bible says in verse 51 that the earth shook Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, and two, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. God was simply allowing this shaking in America. I believe that he's allowing it. I don't believe he's causing it, but I believe he's allowing this shaking on the tree of America to make room for what he has to come. Come on, the Bible talks about the tree being trimmed in the Bible, in in John chapter 15. He said, if you want more fruit, you gotta get pruned. I believe that this is a pruning season for America, not because God is wanting to take from America, but because God wants to remove the foundational things, shake some of those old, weak foundations to get them out of the way so that he could reestablish a new thing, maybe a new America. Maybe it'll establish a new prayer life in your life. Come on, maybe it'll reestablish a real faith-filled foundation in your life. I don't know what it looks like for you, but for me personally, I believe that God is allowing the church to be shaken so that that he can reestablish a new thing. The Bible says in Isaiah, behold, I do a new thing and it shall spring forth. Amen? How many are ready for something new and fresh? I was thinking about this the past couple of days. Constantine, you've probably heard that name before. I don't know. How many have heard the name Constantine? Constantine was the guy who overthrew the Roman establishment back in, it was after Jesus' death, but he came and did this crusade, and many people were murdered, people, many people were killed, but the long story short is that, that the nation, of the Roman government, when they were overthrown, they were established as a Christian nation. And you know, as I begin to do a little bit, bit of research on my own, listen to this, Benjamin. These are the reasons stages got established. It's because Romans, although they got saved, they still like to be entertained. And so they wanted to figure out ways that they although they they still wanted to be Christians and they, they wanted to live right they still wanted to be entertained and so that was the reason stages were built. can I tell you I believe that God is in the hour and i'm not I do not hope that no church fails I believe that I, I hope that every godly church every church that Jesus Uh, has established, I believe, that survives this storm. But can I tell you that those churches that are not established by the hand of God, I pray that they would repent. I pray that they would seek God's face like never before. I pray that their stages are destroyed because can I tell you, God is not wanting to heap up teachers anymore that have itching ears and who just want to tickle people's ears. God wants to raise up a generation who will wholly seek his face. God is done with people being entertained. We don't want to be entertained. Who Who am I preaching to? Come on. Some, somebody say amen. I don't know about you, but I'm done being entertained. I'm done with, with big stages and one man shows. God is wanting to shake the earth with miracles, signs, and wonders. He's wanting to do something new and fresh in the earth. And he cannot do what he wants to do and build what he wants to build upon weak foundations. And that's why I believe that God is allowing a great shaking to happen in America. And so he wakes us up out of our slumber so he can wake us up out of our complacencies so that we can certainly turn and, and look at him and humble ourselves. And begin to pray and seek his face so that a great move of the Spirit of God can take place in the earth. How many want to see a move of the Spirit of God like never before? I've never seen the systems of this world be shaken the way that they have been shaken as of late. But I can tell you this where man's plans fail, God's answers begin. Where man's plots and his plans fail, God's answers begin. You know what I've always wondered why these great miracle crusades are taking place in Africa? Can I tell you why? It's because they don't have answers like America does. If we get sick in our body, we have answers. We just pop a pill. If we, have, if, if we, if we are bound by certain spirits where we're bound by the enemy, we just go get counseling. But in Africa, they get it cast out. No, y'all didn't hear what I said. So God is allowing the systems of this world to be shaken. Again, I didn't say he caused the shaking, but I said he will allow the shaking so that he can reestablish his covenant with America. And I believe that God's eye is still on America. His eye is still on your family, but he wants to do it his way and his timing. And he will oftentimes use great shakings to establish it in the earth. Sometimes we need to just hit the reset button in our personal lives. Have you, have you ever got on your phone? I was on the phone the other day and my phone was malfunctioning and my wife said this to me. She said, honey, just turn off your phone. I said, well, what an idea. I turned off the phone, I reset it, I turned it back on. My, my phone worked perfectly fine. And I got a revelation sometimes that's what God needs to do in our lives, is he needs to hit the reset button. And the reason that America has been malfunctioning uh, uh, with these underlying malfunctions, maybe we haven't been able to see it outwardly, but can I tell you that this test that America is facing right now, it's, it's a sure sign that America has had an underlying fracture in its foundation. But can I tell you, sometimes God has to just push that reset button for us so that he can begin to rebuild his way and establish his kingdom, not just in America, but in our own personal lives, in our families, in our finances, in our world, come on, in our churches. Somebody say amen to that. We as a people, we cannot afford to keep moving in the direction that we have been going. You know the way that I have felt. I'll share this personally. I have felt for several years, not just when this all began to take place, I have felt like we have been on the Titanic ship, playing our violins and going through our motions while there's been an iceberg right ahead. And I think there are many icebergs right up ahead, but we have to put down our violins. We have to stop going through the motions of our lives and just living our lives. And we have to get down on our knees again and seek God's face and get a relationship with him like we never have before so that we can survive the coming storms and the coming icebergs ahead. We have to hide ourselves in the Lord, especially in these dark times. The third thing I want to address that happened in Matthew chapter 25 is the Bible says in verse 52 through 53, it says that many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Did you hear what I said? It didn't say just dead people were raised. It said many of the saints were raised. Now, what do I mean? Do I mean that when God comes back, people are gonna come out of the grave? Maybe, that's definitely a possibility. Revelation talks about that. But I think I'm more talking symbolically how this coronavirus, this shaking in the earth is is i believe going to cause many people who are sleeping in the lord who are saints who go to church but who are still sleeping spiritually to awaken into the rightful place as sons and daughters i hear a lot of times that the church is concerned with the lost these days people who are lost they're away from god they're out partying or they're far away from the lord how about being concerned with those who are in the church yet asleep we got churches packed full of people who say amen, who say hallelujah, but don't have a real rich, vibrant relationship with Jesus themselves. And one thing that this shaking will do is awaken those who are sleeping and cause them to enter into the rightful place as a son of God, as a daughter of God and they have a prayer life and awaken into their sonship or their daughtership in the Lord and partner with the Holy Spirit so that they can have a partnership with God and, and, and help 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 bring about what God wants to release in the earth in this hour. And God wants to release something in the earth, but guess what? He partners with humanity to release something in the earth. God just doesn't move alone. You know what the Bible says? That he reveals the secrets to his prophets, his servants, and he doesn't do a thing without revealing it to them first. Did you hear what I said? God partners with you and I. If He moves in the earth, guess who His hands and feet are? That's why we're called the body of Christ, because He is spirit, but a spirit needs a body. <laughs> A spirit needs a body to work in the earth. So if we are the body of Christ, we simply need to say, yes, Lord, awaken my soul. Awaken me like you did Samuel in the Old Testament. Awaken me so you can use me in this hour. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. Help me, Father, have use my holy imagination as to what it is that you want to do so I can help establish your kingdom here on the earth so that thy kingdom can come and be done and established on this earth and in my life and in my marriage and in our church as it is in heaven somebody say use me lord use me lord comfort is a cancer to the soul did you hear what i said i believe that the church has been too comfortable with where we are and it's been shown by the reaction the way that we have reacted to this whole virus nobody knows what to do not including people i'm not blaming it on anyone here i blame it on myself but we look at the nation the nation is scrambling the government those who supposedly have all the answers To the chaos of the world, they're left wringing their hands and without answer. We can't be casual in this hour. We have to be proactive in this hour. Somebody say amen. Somebody say be proactive. Why do I say that comfort is a cancer? Because when Jesus was in his worst final hours in the Garden of Gethsemane, those who were closest to him, the church boys, Peter, James, and John, After Jesus says, can you not pray with me one hour? Can't you stay awake one hour? Can't you be awakened for just one hour and pray with me? And Jesus went three times to the disciples and each time he found them asleep. And i feel like that's what's happening in today's world jesus keeps he wants to come back for the church of jesus christ but he's not coming back for a sleeping church the bible says he's coming back for a spotless generation he's coming back for a church that is without wrinkle that is without reproach that is powerful that is filled that is that where signs and wonders are following them people who are powerfully infused with the holy spirit shaking the world he's not coming back for a sleeping church look at somebody and say don't go to sleep." sleep somebody say wake up Hallelujah. In John chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. This is during Passover, obviously. And he found in the temple, he went to the church. Somebody say he went to the church. Listen closely. He went to the temple to those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. Treating church like business. This is what they were doing. And when he had made a whip of cords, now this is Jesus, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and he poured out the changers of the money and overturned the tables. He flipped the tables on them. And he said to those who sold doves, take these away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And then his disciples remembered what it was written Zeal for your house has eaten me up. In Luke's gospel, it says this, you shall make my house a house of prayer, not a place of merchandise. What what, what am I trying to say? Sometimes Jesus needs to come in and flip our tables in order to wake us up out of our sleep. What he was simply saying is that these people were in the church, and he wasn't invited to the church. He goes to the church and flips the tables, and sometimes God will step into our lives. He'll step into our normal church functions, or he'll step into our government and our world and flip the tables, not to destroy what we've built, but to get us to rethink what we're building on. And how we're building things and how we're building a church. Are we building a business? Are we building a church? Are we coming to church to be a part of a social club? Or are we coming because we love the Lord and want to seek his face? Are we coming to meet a spouse? Or are we coming to be married to him like the Bible says that we are called to be his bride So I believe that Jesus flipped the tables in this season of time to get the disciples and to get those who are in the church to rethink how they were doing church. Church, I have to tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, I believe that God is about to do something fresh and new. I believe that people are going to begin to meet in homes like they never have before. So what if our buildings don't get paid? So what if our foundations fall? I believe that God is going to reestablish something new and something fresh. I've been thinking about this, but when I read the Bible and I look at the church of jesus christ including our own church the bible says these signs will follow them that believe i don't know about you but i want to see more than just headaches and backaches healed I want to see more than just a regular worship service. I'm ready for a cry to erupt out of the heart of humanity to cry out to God like never before. But maybe it's going to take him doing some table flipping for us to awaken out of our slumber. Maybe it's going to take the nation being shaken up a little bit before we so we can awake and enter into our rightful place as sons and daughters and begin to see him like we've never seen him before and begin to see him move in our lives like we've never seen him move before. How many are ready for a move of this Spirit. Come on. I am done with four songs and announcements and tithes and offerings. I am ready for the Spirit of God to move in our church, move in our houses, and move in our homes like He never has before. Time, it's time and high time for the church of Jesus Christ to arise like never before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Move in my life, Lord. Move in my life. And lastly, the worship team can come up. And lastly, in verse 54, it says, So when the centurion, meaning the Roman soldier, and those who were with him, who were guarding Jesus, these are the guys that crucified him when they saw the earthquake and all these things that had happened they feared greatly saying truly this was the son of god somebody say truly jesus is the son of god in spite of jesus looking like he lost the battle on the cross his witness was still winning souls the thief and the centurion and those who are with the centurion came to the saving knowledge of truth in, the, in spite of Jesus being persecuted. What does our life look like in the midst of great persecution of the church? Are we still winning the lost or we do we look lost? Oh, hallelujah. Just look straight ahead. Are we still winning the lost or we, do we look just as lost as those in the world with all of this great shaking going on. But in spite of Jesus' weakness, he was still winning. He was still a winner. He still was going to emerge victorious. So they seen all the earth shaking. They seen it quaking. They seen this earthquake. And yet they gave their hearts to Christ right on the spot and said, truly, this is the Son of God. Our reaction as a believer to what's happening in today's world is a sermon. What message is your life preaching right now? If your life had a bullhorn and it was preaching the gospel based on how you were living in the midst of crisis, would it scream a faith-filled believer? Would it, fit, would it scream that I am come hell or high water, I'm going all the way with Jesus? Would it scream I'm shaken but I'm not shattered? I'm hard pressed on every side but I'm not going to be crushed. What is your life preaching right now in the midst of this shaking? You know what I believe? I believe that we're about to enter into a season by the Spirit of God that there is going to be a surge of salvations that are going to happen like never before nor has it ever been in history. In history. Can I tell you a dream I just recently had? God has been giving me several prophetic dreams. In this one dream, I'm sitting at the table with two men of God. And if you've been in church for any length of time, both of these guys that I'm sitting at this table with, they're nation shakers. And I'm sitting there and they're both talking with me. One of them mainly treating me like a close friend. I don't want to scare anybody. I'm not a super prophetic guy. But in this dream, I was sucked up into the heavenlies. I was sucked up into like the spirit. It was really weird. It was like these rainbow roads. And it was like I I was in this storm. And I was twirling around. It was like above the Empire State Building, a really large building. And as i begin to look all over the streets all over the streets people are being healed there was sickness on the other people getting out of wheelchairs and i'm shouting out to them and the gentleman who was with me if i mentioned his name you would know it and he says donnie stop they can't hear you and they can't see it and i got sucked out of this realm and i'm back to the earth and then he tells me he says a large news station, I got to bring you there because they want to interview you. And, and then news broadcasters, they, they bring me into the state of the art studios and they say, we want you to, they said, we know you to be a man who's, who's, who has no degree. And in and the, and the dream, this is what they're telling me. They say, you're an uneducated man. And they said, but we know you can explain what's happening in the earth today. What's happening in our city. Now dreams aren't literal. I found out that they are more symbolic But I'll tell you this, that things are about to happen in the earth like they never had before. Healings, signs, wonders. Don't be surprised if you pray for somebody in a wheelchair that they don't get up. Don't be surprised that if you pray for someone in faith as the scripture tells you to do that more than a headache gets healed. Don't be surprised when people are going to come to you and you don't even realize it, but the Lord strategically sent them to you like, 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 the, like the guy got sent to Philip in the Bible to get saved. People are just going to come to you. They don't even know why, but the Bible says that we are cities on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are the salt of the earth and people are going to be drawn to us. People are going to get saved. People are going to get healed. People are going to get delivered the nations of the world are about to be shaken and are about to be awakened and a surge of salvation is about to hit altamont florida and is about to hit apopka florida all of the state of florida and the nations of the world but guess what it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of darkness it's going to take a little bit of shaking it's going to take the church of jesus christ awakening into their rightful place come on how many want to enter into their rightful place as sons and daughters how many know that we're living in the last hours and the last minutes Somebody lift up your hands Thanks so much for joining us We hope this message impacted you today If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center Simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com And click the gift tab Or text ACCFL to 77977 Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages Have a great day